Welcome to the You Can Do It, I Believe in You podcast, all about following along the raw experiences of choosing entrepreneurship and diving into conversational individual journeys with sprinkles of business tips along the way. I'm your host, Kiara Vandegrift, founder of Virtually Cladi, a Marine Corps veteran turned mother and online business manager. I am on a mission to inspire small businesses and feeling confident in their systems and processes so their team and clients feel supported and equipped for success. My goal is to inspire you to get out of your head and just do it scared because everyone has a story of where they started. Let's do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Welcome back. I'm so excited that you are here. And I just want to take a moment to just simply say thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me, for being on this journey with me, for listening to my story. The feedback I've gotten from you has been amazing and it literally warms me up inside, honestly. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This week, I'm just going to jump right into it, and it's actually just going to be talking about how hard it was for me to transition into the civilian world after the Marine Corps, how hard that was to find a job, to land a job, to socialize. It was just all around a hot mess, okay? So I got out in 2013, October of 2013. And I officially moved to Hawaii from California in December of 2013. And the one stipulation I had for myself was, I cannot be a stay-at-home anything. Wife, mom, girlfriend, whatever. That was just not what I wanted. That's exactly where I ended up. (laughs) Ironically, right? Which is one of the lessons I've learned. Like, never speak into the universe the things you don't want, you know? only speak about the things you do want because what I was calling in was exactly what I didn't want because that negativity was there so I get to Hawaii and you know the first couple weeks are like amazing I'm like living the island life we're hiking and going to the beach and just doing what normal 20 something year olds do right you know once that died down and he had to go back to work and I quickly realized that I needed to figure something out like I needed to do something right And I'm applying for jobs, applying for jobs, applying everywhere, literally. And I was just getting rejection after rejection after rejection. And it was insane to me, like how I was getting rejected and the reasons I was getting rejected. It was ridiculous. It was like, oh, you know, you interview really well. You're amazing. You just, you're overqualified or you have too much experience. And that literally blew my mind because it's like, How do you have too much experience? One. Two, there is no job out there that you cannot learn something from. I firmly believe that you can learn something from every job, whether that's leadership skills, things to not do, people to not be, um, customer service, relationships. Like, there's, you can learn something at any job. And yes, I was like, in my mind, I was thinking like, yeah, I know I was overqualified, you know? I applied anyway. I'm very much aware of my qualifications, of my experience, of my background, but I applied anyway. So it just, it blew my mind. And I would like answer to like some shady ass job postings too. Like back then Craigslist was like the thing. I don't know if you remember Craigslist, but it was like the thing, right? 
And so I'm over it in Craigslist and I'm looking up these job posts and I'm applying to these jobs. First of all, I could have been murdered. <laughs> like all the crime podcasts that I listen to now, I'm like, you know, Kiara, you really put yourself in some reckless situations when you were younger. And I, I really did. I showed up at for this interview at this couple's house. And I'm like, these people could, like, thinking about it now, I'm like, these people could have been, like, murderers. And it's just me sitting at their house. And, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, um, nothing happened, obviously. But they did end up hiring someone else because they went with somebody who they felt they knew better, I guess. I, I really don't know. I don't remember. But I know it was, like, really heartbreaking because I really wanted the job. And it, the the job was in their house, like being an executive assistant in their house to their small business. So that was that was something interesting that I did. Um, and then I was just applying for like crazy things like I wanted to work at T-Mobile and I was denied at T-Mobile because I had too much experience. That was the one where I heard it, like the, the first time I ever heard it. And it was like, how do you have too much experience to work at T-Mobile? You know, like I don't know a whole lot about sales, like my sales background is really in retail, like retail sales. I worked in a clothing store when I was younger and I worked at Kmart before that. But yep, I was rejected. And so at this point, I start questioning. Honestly, I start questioning myself. I start questioning my worth. I start questioning my value. I'm like, well, if I can't even get a job at freaking T-Mobile, like there's no hope for me. <laughs> you know, it's it was crazy because like, before I got out of the Marine Corps, I didn't have a plan. I just kind of got out on a whim. And so now when I hear people talk about like, I'm getting out and I'm just going to figure it out as I go. I'm like, don't do that. That is literally the worst plan ever. I did it. It was the worst experience. It was hard getting a job. It was hard socializing. Like when you get out, socializing is like work. Okay. Because I was not very, I'm not like a very social butterfly or I wasn't. I'm more social now than I was back then. Um, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with my husband because he's a Southerner. He's got that Southern hospitality thing. I'm a Northerner, so we're a little bit more standoffish. You know, we got to feel you out a little bit. So when I first got out, like making friends was hard. Okay, it was difficult. I did not, I did not like socializing people. And I don't know what it is about my face. It does its own thing sometimes. So people do not approach me. But a lot of my friends were more like associates, acquaintances, you know, I, I met them through my husband, they were my husband's friends, wives, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, I have absolutely nothing in common with these people, you know, I served in the military, so I, I understand more what my husband and his friends were talking about than what, you know, what the wives were talking about, because I'm like, I can't relate, you know, I don't have children, I'm not a stay-at-home anything, like, I just couldn't relate. Now I'm like, oh my God, this was, this is the worst. <laughs> it was, it was, it has been an experience, you guys. Adjusting, talking, just having conversations, just basic conversations. I was just like trying to find any little thing to just relate to somebody. It was like, oh, I like tacos. Oh, I like tacos too. And then we would bond over tacos. You know, you bond with people over the weirdest things when you're just trying to socialize. So that's what that was like as far as the friendship front, the job front. Across the board, I was just, I was struggling, okay? It was, it was like I was on the fucking struggle bus, okay? I had no idea who I was, what I was doing. I couldn't even get a job. So at this point, I'm like hitting my lowest. Like I'm thinking I'm going to go to Hawaii and I'm just going to you know, I'm going to thrive. I'm living on an island. I'm living the island life. I'm with the person I love. I am have no children. I'm just 
enjoying life, enjoying the moment, but like it felt like it was crashing. I was like going downhill real fast. Like I'm I'm not getting a job. I can hardly make friends. I don't really socialize. It took me like maybe three and a half, four years before I actually made friends. Like actually met people that I actually bonded with, that I understood, that understood me on a different level. Which is crazy because like the first few years of me living there, my entire life revolved around my husband and my kids, obviously, at the time I only had two and, you know, his friends, his friends became my friends. As crazy as that sounds, like I had no friends of my own for a good bit. And honestly, that's, I feel like that's where a lot of veterans get depressed. You know, we get out of the Marine Corps and the people that we used to bond with before, we can't bond with anymore because we've gone through something different. We've gone through a different experience. We've lived a different life. We've become more accustomed to certain things. Like I'm more accustomed to different kinds of people, like people who have like a dark sense of humor, people who, you know, laugh at the craziest things that are like, in reality, aren't really funny. <laughs> They're actually really disturbing. But for whatever reason, we have that we have that bond, you know, um, like last episode, it was like embrace the suck. Like I realized that, you know, civilians aren't like, they, they don't embrace the suck. It's like, okay, this sucks. And like kind of just sit there and they dwell on it. And it's like, for us, it was like, okay, yes, this sucks, but how can we make the mess of it? It became very like, it's not pessimistic. What's the opposite of pessimistic? Optimistic. There we go. So you become more optimistic. You start to try to see the good in things. So that's actually kind of been one of the things I've carried with me as I move along in life is I try to see the positive in everything. Like, yes, this sucks. Yes, this is not what I want to do. This is not where I want to be. This is not how I want it to be or how I want it to go. But how can I embrace it? What can I do to really just enjoy what it is? Because it's like, it's going to suck either way. And I can sit there and I could just let the suck kind of suck me in with it, drag me down with it. Or I can just embrace it and try to see the light. You know what I'm saying? And so I brought that with me. At some point along the way, it was just like, okay, something's got to give, you know? So that's when I transitioned and I um, was like, all right, we're going to try to keep applying for jobs, even though I feel like giving up the truth. I felt like giving up. And so I applied for the job on base that I had mentioned before. And the crazy part was that I actually worked on base where my husband worked and my children went to daycare at a different base, like 30 minutes away, 20 minutes away ish, give or take, depending on Hawaii traffic. And the drive was a lot, you know, because there were days where I wouldn't get off until way after my husband got off. So he would get off at, let's say four o'clock. I would get off at like six. But we had to pick up our kids before six. So he would have to drive to go pick them up, then come back to get me because we only had one vehicle. Because at the time, it made sense to only have one vehicle because we worked on the same base. So he would come back, pick me up. And then by the time we made it home, it was like, let's just swing by, you know, McDonald's and grab dinner. And that's how it went for a good bit. So the schedule was horrible as far as like making it work. But also when the time came and my husband was like, hey, you know, um, I'm on the list for deployment. And I mentioned that to the supervisor. I was like, hey, my husband's getting deployed. You know, my children are in daycare and I do need something that allows me to pick them up on time. 
And she was unwilling to work with me. She was like, no, you know, you got to figure it out. And it's like, I literally don't know anybody. You know, I move every three years and I do not trust anybody with my children. I do not just like, oh, hey, I just met you today. Can you go pick up my kids? Like, that's not a thing for me. And that's how they expect you to be. Like, they expect you to check into this new, you know, unit, this new environment. And it's like, hey, just trust your neighbor. It's like, what? My neighbor could be a freaking psycho. Do you guys not watch the movie, like the movies, the news? Do you not listen to podcasts? Like, you don't know who your neighbors are, especially when I just got here like a couple months ago. So she was unwilling to work with me. So I, I had no choice but to turn in my two weeks notice, which was honestly gracious of me because it was like at this point, you're unwilling to work with me. It was not a very good environment. Like the supervisor was very um negative. Her energy was so draining. But I gave my two weeks notice and I was like, okay, obviously this isn't going to work. I need to find something that allows me to still be there for my kids and show up for my kids when my husband cannot because he's supposed to be deploying, which he ended up not being deployed anyway. Um, I'm not even sure what happened, but he just, he didn't. So when I left the job, it was actually like a relief, if that makes sense. But also it felt like I needed something else. Like at the same time that I was going to this job, that I was doing this job, I was also doing online school. It was actually for medical coding and billing, which was covered through the military. But I just, I could not finish it. I was struggling with the fact that it was all online. You did not have any social aspect. There were no meetings, no Zooms, no um like discussion. No discussion boards with your classmates. It was literally just you. And I struggled because like what I really needed and what I really wanted was a social aspect. So I stopped doing that course and I went on to apply for the University of Hawaii, West Oahu in Hawaii, obviously. (laughs) And um, obviously I was accepted and it was like, I felt like I started to find myself at that point. I was doing schoolwork. I was meeting people. And granted, these people were, a lot of them were pretty young, you know, 19, 20 um, I was pretty, I was like 24, 25-ish, give or take. And I still managed to find, I still managed to connect with them more than I did with with the spouses, if that makes sense. Um, and I've made some great, great friends, like great friends that I still talk to now that still live on the island, um, that have moved off the island and have, you know, have had children or, or have joined other programs to pursue their master's or their doctorate and It's amazing to have met this part of, you know, uh, to have met these people in my life. And I love to see their accomplishments. And I'm so grateful for them because honestly, I don't know where I would have been had I not met them because I was living a very lonely life (laughs) in Hawaii. I did. I like even talking about it now is like in the moment when you're going through those things, you're going through your, your journey, you're going through your story. You're not realizing the struggle that you go through. You're not realizing how how much of you was in a negative or in a dark space you know when I was going through I didn't realize how much I was struggling I was just like okay like I have no friends or you know I can't get a job or like I have no idea what I'm doing my job my life I'm just I'm just here just existing and I'm breathing and I'm you know surviving and I'm taking care of my kids because I feel like those are the things I'm supposed to do but like now that I'm talking about it's like wow I went through I went through a lot. I went through a lot and it's a little emotional, you know, because 
it's not what I had envisioned for my life. It's not what I had envisioned for myself. And I wish I had enjoyed Hawaii a little bit more. Um, but the journey itself was just very exhausting, very tiring. I questioned myself. I questioned my worth. I questioned my value. I questioned my skill. Like, I know my skill. I know I'm amazing, okay? And it's not because I'm cocky. It's because I'm literally confident in what I can bring to the people around me if I'm allowed to, you know, be in that space. The knowledge I have, the information I have, the drive I have, the determination, the um, resourcefulness, I have all those things. And it was really hard because I wasn't, I wasn't given the time or the opportunity to express those, you know, but it's okay because that all those rejections actually led me to where I am today. You know what they say, like for every door that doesn't open, eventually like one will, right? Or something like that. Don't quote me. So yeah, that's, that's where that part went. It was, it was a rough journey. Hawaii was beautiful. Um, and I would absolutely go back despite the kind of the, the dark connection I feel I have to the island, but I would definitely go back because it was beautiful and I still learned so much and it was a part of my journey. It was a part of who I am. I mean, it's the place where I brought my son into the world. It was, you know, it was what it was and embrace the suck. I embrace the suck and I am where I am today. And even when it sucks because no, you know, every day is not the same. Some days are going to suck. Others aren't. But even when it sucks, I still try to remain positive. And when I don't remain positive, I have, you know, the people around me who are like, okay, Kiara, snap out of it. We got to get you to think positive. Like, don't think of it like this. Think of it like that. So surround yourself with good people is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for joining me on this episode and just listening to me ramble on about my life and thank you for listening honestly it's it's amazing and i'm so grateful for you and um until next time you can connect with me on instagram at virtually cloudy be sure to press the subscribe button so that you may get any reminders when new episodes are released i'm so excited to take you along on this journey and inspire you to keep pushing forward and upwards bye